A couple of days ago, the UK government announced that the online safety bill passed its final parliamentary debate and is now ready to become law. The primary focus is online safety for children with age-appropriate content. In addition, under this bill, there are laws to tackle online fraud and violence against women and girls. The biggest social media platforms will have to stop users from being exposed to dangerous fraudulent advertisements by blocking and removing scams, or they will face very significant fines. I'm wondering if we will see a day where such laws to protect us against scams are passed in the U.S. Today's guest is attempting to drive change in the U.S. to reduce the impact of online scams, and in particular, romance scams from social media platforms. Scam Rangers, a podcast about the human side of fraud and the people who are on a mission to protect us. I'm your host, Ayelet Bigger-Levine, and I'm passionate about driving awareness and solving this problem. Today's Scam Ranger is an advocate against Roman scammers. She will share her story of how she became an advocate. But one part of the story I wanted to highlight. We often talk about victims of scams, but in this story, there is a new type of victim. The person whose photos are misused to lure scam victims into the relationship. These are victims of identity theft, who are constantly approached by the victims who think they're in a real relationship with that person. Kathy Waters is an executive director and co-founder of the federally recognized nonprofit organization advocating against Roman scammers. She spends thousands of hours volunteering and helping those whose identities have been stolen, as well as the women and men who have fallen victim to scammers. Kathy has a master's in psychology and a bachelor's in human services. Along with her colleague and co-founder, retired Colonel Brian Denny, she has traveled several times to meet with lawmakers in Washington, D.C. to drive change. Hi, Kathy. It's great to finally have you on the podcast. Welcome. Same. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I know we talked a little while ago, and um, so it's great to be here and be able to share the word. Absolutely. So we'll definitely talk about advocating against Roman scams. Before that, I wanted to ask if you can share your background and your story and how you actually got to thinking about being involved in preventing scams. Sure. So my mom was telling me about her friend that um, was in love with this new guy. She met him online. He was in the military. Um, He was going to retire and move close to her. They were going to buy a house. You know, everything sounded very too good to be true. And even my mom was thinking this, you know, sounded like a scam. So um, her friend came over for Thanksgiving and was so excited because he had bought her an engagement ring, but he wasn't going to bring it until he moved back here um, after he retired. And um, so she showed me a picture of him. So that evening, um, after everybody left, I sat and I went on her profile and I found his profile and I noticed that um, he was in a military uniform, but his name was Ross Newton, whereas his badge on his uniform said Denny. And I know that on the the badge is always the, the last name of the soldier. So I looked online under army man Denny, cause I really didn't have anything else to go by. And, um, Brian Denny's profile popped up from his LinkedIn. So I reached out to him and um, it was about a few days later and and Brian had reached back out and said, yes, it had been going on for at least six months that he knew of. 
And, um, but you know, he, he didn't know too much about it. He was about ready to give up on, on working on getting all the plat or the profiles down because he wasn't having any luck. And he kept having, um, the survivors reach out to him and telling him, you know, they're supposed to meet and, you know, they bought an airline ticket for him, just all the different stories. And, um, I thought, you know, obviously there's not a whole, whole bunch being done. I mean, you hear about the scams, but I don't think very many people realize how close to home it is to, you know, their friends and family and who's been affected. And so the more we researched, um, we drew up a report. We were able to get in contact with one of the social media companies and they agreed to meet with us on the findings that we had. And so just from there, we built on. We weren't sure if this was one scammer or if it was a village of scammers and come to find out, you know, it was more of a number like a village. Like so, a country. Um, yeah. And, and we've just, we've worked from then on to try and, and build this advocacy. So what ended up happening with your mother's friend? Did you sit down with her? Did you, how, how did you convey this to her? So, um, well, Brian told me I could find his name under any name with Denny, Mike, Denny, Steve, Denny, John, Denny. So uh, I went online and he was exactly right. So I screenshot all of these different accounts and I text them to her and I let her. And this was before I knew um, how heavy these scams were emotionally, you know, and, and psychologically. And so I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know these are, you know, I talked to the real um, soldier. His name is Brian Denny. These are all the different accounts that are on, um, on, it was on Facebook at that time, but on all different dating sites as well. And, um, I think you're being scammed. I don't, you're not talking to the real person. And so, um, you know, she was in denial for quite a while, but started to see, um, you know, what was going on, all the different accounts, but really, uh, even a few years later, we were doing an interview. She agreed to do an interview with with us telling her story. And um, because Brian didn't come to her home for the interview, she really started to still think that he had something to do with it and that he had connections to the scammers. So um, some people heal differently. Some people don't get the correct help. And and I, I really think she could have benefited from you know, speaking with a therapist or somebody who could have um, helped her realize how these scams work more. So uh, it's just more to show that there needs to be more awareness and prevention out there. Absolutely. So this is not your day job, right? This is something that you do on top of, of your job. Yes, I have a, a job that I get paid for. Um, I'm a full time. I work at a hospital here in my area and um monday through friday sometimes weekends and then i come home i i do my advocacy on um on my lunch breaks before work yeah anytime that um that really we can squeeze in to to provide any information is is how we we run this organization wow so how did you realize you know i gotta do more how did you transition between this happened to my mom's friend and i'll help her and i you know i did some research to this large operation that you're running that is really advocating for scam victims and, and trying to make change, which we'll talk about in a second. How did you transition to, this is my mission? Well, you know, I, once we realized that the problem was bigger than what we thought, um, we started a petition out there for safer platforms. We realized that going after the scammer was going to be um, very little um, success, I guess you could say, since they are outside of the country 
very hard for them to be apprehended. It's a lot that goes on with that. Um, I mean, not, and I'm not saying not to report because I think it's incredibly important for everybody to report the crime. What I'm saying is for us to be able to make some sort of movement faster, we had to work within the United States. So we um, created a, a petition for safer platforms to make sure that these platforms um, can be held responsible for these scams that are happening on their site. And especially when they're aware that these are happening and people started reaching out more and more. And um, I told Brian, I said, you know, I really think that we need to think about making this as a, as a nonprofit, you know, we built a website, we were getting traffic and um, you know, it just, it's hearing all the victim stories and how different every um, story, the victim story is different. Um, the scam is not really different. It's uh, very much the same, you know, the scripts are the same and um, they have answers for um, every question that's presented to them. So it makes the story even more believable. But these people that have been victimized have had, you know, some, some of them have had issues from all the way when they were children. And some are just lonely because they lost their loved one not too long ago and they're more vulnerable. So we had to do something and uh, we knew that we, you know, and there are other groups out there, um, other support groups out there. Uh, but to get out there and go to D.C. and talk to our lawmakers and be an actual advocate that goes out and talks to these uh, the lawmakers, the ones that make the changes, um, that's what needed to be out there. Yeah. And you, uh, just to clarify, you you talked about the questions and answers and questions. There's a question for every answer. So to clarify, you're talking about the questions that scam, the victims that are in the scam ask their scammer to understand yeah. why they're not coming to meet them or why they can't do a video call right now or those kind of questions that that they they try to get more validation but they're they're making up stories to explain why they can't at this point right because uh you know usually a, a victim has that intuition like something's not right here and it eats at them and so they start questioning and you know you gotta listen, you gotta listen to your gut when when you you know you have these feelings. But when they start to question, well, how come you said you're going to be here and you're not here, or how come you said you sent a package and I'm still you know I'm still sending off payments to to get this package from you? They have an answer for everything. And usually, people when they're caught in a lie, it's because they're stumbling. And these scammers, they don't stumble. They know exactly what to say, how to say it, when to say it. Uh, it's honestly, to me, it's absolutely incredible the criminal mind that goes into this, uh, into this scam. So it's, uh, you know, from, and we're not talking like, I mean, we're talking professionals and these professionals are 15 years old, you know, 15 to 30 years old is usually what the, the scammer ages are. So tell me about the organization advocating against Roman scams. When did you officially start? And you talked about two things, advocating, for victims and supporting victims. So let's start with the supporting victim side too. So first of all, when when did you start? So we became an actual federal nonprofit in 2020. And um, we help provide, we'll have, a, we have libraries of um, photos of identity theft victims that are out there where if, if survivors or victims feel that they are being victimized by a scammer, they can maybe go on there and say, their, the picture might be there of their scammer um, to help show them that, you know, more than likely this person's photo was stolen that you're talking to. Um, we have places where you can go to report 
we have different tools. Um, just like we've got scam rangers on um, that can uh, recognize communication from a scammer. Um, you can do reverse image searches. We try and provide as many tools as we can that's out there that is usually for free um, for people to go on and try and you know see if that's what they're dealing with. They're dealing with a romance scam. And then from there on, you know, where to report, where to get help. Um, our main focus, however, through the advocacy is the prevention and the awareness. Right. So what are the goals that you set yourself for that part of the of the mission for advocacy? You, you talked about going to D.C., talking to regulators. So tell us a little bit about the goals and the work that you've done in that area. So I know, like I had mentioned, you know, we have gone to D.C. We've talked to over 20 different legislative directors and because we're a nonprofit, uh, we cannot give them wording to put in a bill, but we can go and we can let them know how many of their constituents are affected, how much money is going out of their own state because of these romance scams. Um, over the past year and a half, we've been really seeing the numbers go up because of the pig butchering scams, which are the investment and the romance scams together. Uh, and we're talking billions, not just millions out of the United States. And not to mention globally, I can just imagine how much those numbers are globally. But, um, you know, we go in, we educate them. A lot of them, um, don't even know about the romance scams online or they have no idea how prevalent it is. And so that's our job. That's our job to open their eyes and see, you know, what these victims are going through. You know, Brian goes in um, as the identity theft victim explains how it affects him and his family. Um, we talked to Representative Kinzinger, who is no longer in office now, but um, he was also an identity theft victim. And unfortunately, the offices that seem to take more interest are the ones that have been affected. So Representative Kinsinger was an identity theft victim, just like Brian. He was in the military, same type of scam stories. Women um, victims had met him at the airport because they thought that they were getting married. I mean, you know, and so they had a lot invested into this, uh, into the romance scam. And so they did draw up a couple bills. And unfortunately, they got stuck in the committees and they didn't move forward. But um, that's not when you give up. You know, you, you have to continue to go in and educate. We've got more and more um, representatives coming in, you know, all the time and, and senators and people that just don't know what's going on. Um, fortunately, um, there are things going on up on the Hill and um, things are being drawn up by different offices. So that's a that's a huge plus. And we're really excited to see what's going to come of that. The FBI reports that elaborate on the, the scam losses actually have state by state information. So how have you seen a case where you talk to someone that was you know, not informed enough and kind of use those FBI and FTC reports to communicate the situation to them and maybe turn around the interest? Um, so for the most, you know, gosh, turn around the interest. I'm trying to like the more, you know, I mean, I think they, um, they have more questions and um, they, they want to know a little bit more about the scams and they can't believe that that's just the numbers that we give them are just the romance scams alone. And then, so this last March when we were out there, we also gave numbers of the pig butchering. And um, since then, and that's not because when we went to, to um, DC, but since then we've definitely noticed more people um, being interested in it, uh, especially law enforcement, um, having more questions. How can we work together and get things done? Looking at the um, 
public sector, you know, not just the private sector alone to get some uh, some movement, you know, some more awareness out there. So uh, it's it's great to see. Um, but as far as uh, legislative moves um, and, and changing minds, um, you know, I, I, I really think that, you know, you can usually when you go into a meeting, you can usually tell if this is going to be um, someone who's very interested or if they're just there to meet you and put the information on the books that they met with you. Um, and it just all has to do with the engaging. And the more that they engage, the more excited we get and want to tell them and share everything. So and we try and really latch on to those representatives and, you know, provide them more information and more information that we can keep in contact with them um, in case they do want to draw something up. You know, they'll think of us and and hopefully use a lot of our education and information that we provide on our website. I think you guys had a recent story about identity theft uh, that just happened to you while you were in DC advocating against romance scams, trying to get things done. Can you share that story with me? Well, the scammers will find anything and everything they can to build to their story. And um, I search through social media quite often to see if we can find any of the fake accounts that we need to, or we need to report. And I found one where it's a Brian and I in Washington, D.C. working, and it's a picture of us in front of the Capitol. And the scammer had put that something about how it, um, he was with his wife, his deceased wife and um, something like they love to spend time together because they have a son together. The whole thing that that was written on there was terrible English. Um, it was just I. Every once in a while, I'll catch my picture in one of his, in one of the fake accounts. And, but this, I've never, I don't think I've ever been addressed as, you know, a part of his family and, um, and dead. So, uh, which is a very typical thing from the scammers is to say that their spouse is deceased. So, yeah. um, you know, I, of course I responded to it and said that this is a fake account and, um, and I reported it. I haven't gotten any word if it's coming down yet or not, but um, I also posted it on the different social media accounts of us too, so other people can go ahead and report. But yeah, first time I've been labelized as that. So, how did that make you feel? You you do kind of feel you feel victimized, you know. I mean, it's my first time. I can't imagine my photos being out there thousands and thousands of times and to hurt people. You know, women are looking at this account thinking, oh, you know, this poor man, his wife has died. And, you know, and it just it makes me sick. It makes me sick to think that, you know, these scammers emotionally um, manipulate these people like this. And it's just and it's the the people with the largest hearts, you know, that end up falling for these scams. And so I'll do my darndest to try and prove every scammer wrong and help every victim that we can. When we talk about the scam life cycle, when I talk about it on Scam Rangers, I talk about, you know, the initial message or phone call, and then the conversation and manipulation that happens via text or on online platforms or wherever it is. After the emotional manipulation comes to typically the money start, the beginning of the money transfers in case of relationship scams, it's, it's typically multiple. And then the reporting, if if the, if they are reporting because many victims feel shame and guilt and don't report but then reporting and you know that's where law enforcement can come in and so on 
So if we look at that scam lifecycle, you're really targeting the the ability of scammers to reach out to victims and the ability of scammers to manipulate them. And you're basically looking to government to mandate the dating sites and, and social media sites to, to do better. Um, and then in the U.S., there's Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act, uh, which states that no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as a publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. And that is a bit of, a bit of a challenge for us uh, fraud fighters out there who, you know, if nobody is going to take responsibility, then who's going to take responsibility? Right. And how is criminal activity not seen online, but it's seen in the real world? You know, how, how is this not um, equal, you know, is what, is what I question. You know, why is it okay for these different platforms to be an accessory to a crime? It's exactly what they are, especially when we've had meetings with them. We tell them what's on their platform. They know about it very, you know, and, and, and it's not like these organized crime groups are hiding under a, a different name. You know, they're hiding, they're, they're out there with their own name, just like the Yahoo boys. Um, they create accounts, Yahoo boys. <laughs> And um, <clears throat> how do these social media companies not look at that and investigate it right away? I understand that there's millions of new accounts probably daily and some that they take down. But when you know this and you're aware and they are still up and they're active and you report them and they remain active, there is something wrong there. I mean, it's just like you knowing that somebody's selling drugs out of your home, you know, you would be arrested for that. You're an accessory to that crime. You're allowing that to happen. And that's exactly what they're doing. But because the 230 is in place, it protects them. Um, it protects them from anything a third party posts. So um, in order to break that and have them responsible, that law needs to be amended. And the whole thing doesn't have to be. I mean, it's great. It's great for freedom of speech. It's exactly why it was created. But I don't think that those who created it knew that they were making a monster out of it. And that's exactly where we're at now. So where are we with that? Do you think there's openness to consider that? Is there, what is happening in this, in this conversation? Well, in, in all of our meetings that we go to, they all agree that the 230 needs to be amended. All of them, all of them do, but nobody wants to touch it because it has so much to do with freedom of speech. Last I knew, freedom of speech didn't give you rights to criminal activity or to, or to be a criminal. And so I'm not sure why it's taking so long to find that line. I don't even, it's a fine line with freedom of speech, but there's no fine line between criminal activity to freedom of speech. I don't feel, you know, you either are doing the criminal activity, you're selling government IDs, you know, online, you're selling drugs, you're selling weapons, you're doing all this kind of stuff illegally. Um, but opposed to, you know, saying certain things or, you know, speaking your mind or something. I mean, there's just so much difference to criminal activity to your own personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the work that you're doing is amazing. And my next question is, how can people help you? Um, 
many of the listeners to this podcast are fraud fighters in financial institutions, telcos, and and other areas, and all share this mission. That's why they're listening. So, how can people help? And what kind of what organizations are you collaborating with to be able to really drive that change in in with government with with legislation mostly? Well, I mean, there's several different things you can do. You can, um, you know, we have, we still have the petition that's active. You can definitely write your lawmakers, let them know what's going on. Look up your own state's numbers and put that in your letter too, that you're going to write to your congressmen or your senators. Um, We have a World Romance Scam Day that's coming. It's called World Romance Scam Prevention Day. It's on October 3rd. That day is to help support all of the education out there. We've had several different anti-scam groups that have already posted about it. They've made their own personal posts on it with um, with the emblem for the day and it's fascinating to see. I love it. Um, on the website, we have several several videos from uh, the different scam groups of identity theft victims that are saying, if you're, if you think you're talking to me, you know, it's definitely a scammer. I'm not talking to anybody. Um, those are fantastic. So any kind of sharing um, of all the education that we post either on, and that's uh, protectinghardsday.com. That's that website. And then our website, advocatingforyou.com, everything on there is shareable. You know, download whatever you want, um, take any of the uh, information that we have on there, the PSAs, the reports that every report we've done, we've posted on there for anybody's information, education, posting if they want. Those are those are our, our, our main um, wishes, you know, I mean, we're a nonprofit, so we don't, ra- I, mean, we, I mean, we don't even raise money like on a regular, we don't have certain things to raise money for. So, and it's so hard in this realm because, you know, you're helping people who have been scammed out of money. So how do you ask them, you know, donate to our organization? You know, I just, I, it, it's hard for me to go that route. Um, so I have a very hard time with that, but you know, it's, It's on our side if anybody did want to make any kind of financial donations. But honestly, I truly think that spreading the education um, is what's going to help stop this. Yeah. Congratulations, actually, for getting the the date. How did this happen? Tell me a little bit about this. You know, at the at the end of last year, you know, I thought, what if we had like a day to recognize this? And so I started looking. There's a few different sites to where you can. apply for this day. And um, the more I looked, I, I didn't see anything, you know, there are some things that for victims, of course, and, but nothing for like romance scam awareness. And so we had our board meeting discussing different dates, should we do it around Valentine's Day, you know, because that's when a lot of education is out there. But we decided to steer away from that because there's so much education out there during that time and, you know, spread it down through the year. And so that's why we chose to do October and October is um, right before holiday season where a lot of people feel lonely. Absolutely. Right before, you know, all the the series of holidays starts and winter comes and, and that's when people are looking for connection. So that's, that's a brilliant timing. Yeah. And October is cybersecurity awareness month. And we thought, you know, that would probably be a good time to, to do it then. So we chose October 3rd, do it right at the beginning of the month. And hopefully the education will continue throughout and throughout, like you said, the holidays and um, well into Valentine's Day, hopefully. But 
Um, we're already starting to think of next year. We're hoping since this is going to be the first year um, that it's going to it's going to be a, a very receptive. And uh, we already have great sponsors like um, we have Match Group has sponsored us. We have Electronic Caregiver who has sponsored us and um, AARP. So we've got some good names behind us. They all believe in it. Um, we're going to be hearing definitely more from Match Group. Um, they're talking to their people about different marketing ideas. So we're very excited about it and really hope that we can make a difference with this day. That's amazing. Congratulations for making this happen and getting those big names to sponsor. Definitely love the advocacy that that ARP is doing and Match is stepping up to to help and make sure that their platforms are getting more and more secure. Yeah, because really they they work off of the trust of their of their consumers. So right. if they think everybody thinks they're going to be talking to a scammer, they're not going to have any business. That's not going to help them. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, so maybe last question I have for you is with everything that you're doing and with all the traction that you're getting, what are you most hopeful about? That one day I won't have to do this. <laughs> I'm very hopeful, but you know, scams have been around for hundreds of thousands of years. There's always been some type of scam out there. Um, but if we can see some law changes that will keep people safer on the platforms, I mean, the UK is doing some amazing work um, with platform safety and their, their internet safety. Mm -hmm. I would love to see the United States follow suit with that. Um, will I ever stop? I'm sure, you know, one day I'll have to move on and, and you know, hand this over to somebody, which would be so hard, but because um, I feel like, you know, this is my baby and um, this is where my heart is. So, um, you know, as long as we can fight the good fight and we can make a dent in some of these victims, um, learning and educating and, you know, not becoming a victim, then it, every second is worth it. Well, we'll put all the resources that you mentioned in the show notes for everyone who wants to help join in, learn more, and for the awareness information. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I really appreciate you taking the time to share and teach us about ARS and, and your background and what you've been doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Ayla. I appreciate it.